to talk to you about cultivating emotional well-being. Research shows that people with good emotional health are more productive at work and happier at home. They're less prone to stress, depression and anxiety and they bounce back quicker from serious illness. I think we all want that. But how do we become emotionally healthy? How do we cultivate emotional well-being? It's been said that underneath every problem or perceived problem we face, there is an unfulfilled desire. Some of the desires of the heart are to be heard and understood, to be affirmed, to be blessed, to be safe, to be chosen, to be included. If those desires are not met, you begin to see yourself as unlovable and worthless. You begin to become anxious and doubt yourself and you begin to feel weary under the weight of the emotional struggle. It's time to break free and live an emotionally healthy life. The life Jesus has for you. Our emotions are a gift. They're how we respond to our world. I would go so far as saying that we can't grow spiritually beyond where we are emotionally. What I mean by that is this. Sister Gina mentioned last week that I am a child of God and that I am loved unconditionally by God. Yet some of you struggle to say that out loud. If you can't accept his unconditional love, then I'm going to hit a spiritual ceiling, so to speak. But if I begin to believe he loves me unconditionally, that I am his child, if I accept his unconditional love, then I will break through that spiritual ceiling and my relationship with him will be deeper than it's ever been. So here are some more truths that we need to get a hold of in order to prove, improve our emotional health. I am created in God's image. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am precious and priceless in God's sight. You are created in God's image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are precious and priceless. If you don't believe that, then it's time to write these truths down and stick them on the fridge, on your mirror, on the homepage of your phone. Saying them out loud will help that truth become a part of you. This truth will then be lived out when I feel misunderstood. You can rest in the knowledge that you were loved by him. You are precious to him. You are his child. Vulnerable feelings are powerful and often difficult to manage. What we feel is what we feel, but too often feelings shape our faith and keep us stuck in unhealthy patterns of thinking. The longer emotional wounds, false beliefs, or unhealthy responses are left unattended, the wider the gap between our emotions and our faith grows. When someone asks, how are you? How often have you answered, fine, when you were hurting inside? There is power in the honest act of naming the emotions that drain life and peace from our soul. Recognizing your emotions can separate our emotions from our faith. So when I'm feeling depressed or anxious, I won't pull back from God, feeling like I failed him. Rather, I will lean on him. I will run to him. Cultivating emotional well-being 
means giving ourselves permission to feel what we feel without judging ourselves. It's time to stop lecturing our hearts with harsh words of self-criticism. To stop discounting our struggles and our pain. Part of good emotional health is practicing self-compassion. If you heard your best friend speak about herself the way you speak about yourself, you'd pull her up on her on it, telling her to be kind to herself and listing all the reasons why those statements she's just made about herself are not true. You would have compassion towards her and her pain. When it comes to you, you're not quite so kind. In order for you to have compassion for others, you must notice their suffering. Compassion involves feeling moved by that other person's suffering so that your heart responds to their pain. Compassion means to suffer with. When you feel compassion, you feel warmth, you care, and you have a desire to help the person in some way. Having compassion means you offer understanding and kindness to others when they fail or make mistakes rather than judging them harshly. When you feel compassion for others, you realize that suffering, failure and imperfection are part of the shared hum human experience. Having compassion for yourself is no different to having compassion for others. Self-compassion involves acting the same way towards yourself when you're having a difficult time, when you've failed or when you've noticed something you don't like about yourself. Instead of ignoring your pain or condemning yourself for not doing something right, instead of mercilessly judging and criticizing yourself for your shortcomings, self-compassion means you're kind and understanding towards yourself. You're not meant to be perfect. You don't expect your friends, your family, your spouse or kids to be perfect. So why put that expectation on yourself when it only leads to self-loathing when you don't measure up to your unrealistic expectations? Having compassion for yourself means that you honour and accept your humanness. Things will not always go the way you want them to. You will encounter frustrations. Losses will occur. You'll make mistakes and fall short of your ideals. It's called being human. The more you open your heart to this reality instead of constantly fighting against it, the more you will be able to feel compassion for yourself, leading to better emotional health. Anger, fear, resentment, bitterness, sadness, anxiety and depression are warnings for us to attend to our emotional health. They're like the blinking lights on the car dashboard alerting us to problems we need to acknowledge and address rather than deny, ignore or escape. Facing our emotions is hard, but in Isaiah 41 and 10, we read a promise of God. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. He will be with you as you learn to attend to your emotional well-being. Here are some practical steps you can take in attending to your emotions. Acknowledge your feelings. 
Notice your feelings and experience painful emotions without shame, guilt or judgment. Be specific in naming what you feel. God meets us at a place of our honesty. Give yourself permission to feel what you feel. Take time to experience your emotions without discounting or avoiding them. Listen to the messages and recognize the beliefs hidden in your emotions by asking, Lord, what is this really about? What do you want for me to understand? What am I believing in this moment? Believe the truth, not just any truth. Put your confidence in what is biblically true about God, yourself, others or your situation. Hold fast to biblical truths and promises that apply. Trust God. Rely on him to help you respond in faith rather than reacting out of your feelings. Be willing to allow God to help you address the deeper feelings and beliefs over time. Ask for help. Seek support and wise counsel of godly friends or trusted professionals when you struggle with emotions that continue to be overwhelming. For many Christians, practicing emotional well-being and self-care can be extremely difficult. Yet our mental health affects how we think, feel and respond on a daily basis. So if you're feeling overburdened with anxiety or worry, or you haven't been taking care of your emotional well-being, here are a few ways you can change that and invest in your mental and emotional well-being. Number one, pray. Prayer should always be our first approach to any problem we face. Before we set out to face our inner demons, it helps to take a moment and return our hearts to God. The Bible tells us that the Lord hears our prayers and he walks with us through our trials so we don't have to worry about being alone. God knows our fears. He knows our suffering and he loves us through it all. That knowledge alone can be very encouraging. Take a moment and give your troubles to God. Tell him about your anger, your sadness and your fear. Don't be ashamed because he wants to hear your worries. Who knows? By the end, you may discover your burden has grown a little lighter. Number two, read your Bible. Scripture is filled with multiple encouraging passages for anyone going through a rough time. Several biblical figures struggled with depression and anxiety. Job was so miserable, he cursed the day of his birth. A dejected Elijah went into the wilderness and begged God to kill him. Even Jesus knew how it felt to suffer mental anguish. If you're feeling depressed, know you're not alone and encourage yourself with the word of God. Philippians 4 and 8 tells us to meditate or focus our minds on things that are true, noble, just and pure. To focus our minds on things that are lovely or good reports. To focus on things that are worthy of praise. Meditate on these things. The Bible teaches us that God will give us strength, that he will walk us through dark times. His message is one of hope, grace, and ultimately joy. Whatever this world may throw at you, remember that Christ will see you through. Number three, 
Journaling is a great way to improve your emotional well-being. Putting pen to paper can often help liberate your inner feelings. Don't worry about grammar or neatness. Simply write. King David often put his emotions on paper and into songs. He was very aware about what was going on inside of him. In the Psalms, he was outraged, suicidal, depressed, overjoyed. He wrote about all the emotions. He was broken and vulnerable before God and other people. He wasn't pretending. He committed adultery and murder and he put it in a song to be sung in church. Psalm 51. Journaling is a healthy way to express your emotions, all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly emotions. Number four, lean on your community. The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens. Don't be embarrassed to share your struggles with someone you trust. The church was created so that fellow believers could nurture, protect, and inspire one another as they pursue Christ. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it's okay to reach out for help. Find someone within the congregation who you trust and let them know what's happening. No Christian was meant to go through life alone. We are the body of Christ. When you hurt, we hurt. Number five, eat well. You've heard the saying, you are what you eat. And it's true. What you eat can have a profound effect on how you think and how you feel. Overindulging in sugary drinks or fried foods will increase the likelihood of physical problems like diabetes and heart disease and see a drop in our overall self-esteem. Tempting as it may be to soothe ourselves with comfort food, we need to learn to practice self-control. That doesn't mean you can never eat lollies or ice cream again, but watch how much you eat. Or try snacking on fresh fruit and nuts instead. It's all about balance. Number six, exercise regularly. Never underestimate the value of physical exercise. The endorphins from a good run or an energetic walk can work wonders on your mental health. Just as a proper diet can change the way you think, staying active helps your body guard against anxiety and depression. God designed our bodies to run, jump, swim, climb, and do any number of physical feats. Eating right and exercising regularly are the building blocks of good physical and emotional health. When we neglect them, it only makes sense for our minds to suffer alongside our bodies. You don't have to run a marathon, but take a walk around the block. Spend some time outdoors. You'll be surprised at the positive impact it has on your emotional well-being. Number seven, practice gratitude. The Bible tells us to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 There's an old Sunday school song that says, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. It's actually not bad advice. When you're angry or upset, it's easy to forget all the good things which are happening in life. So it always helps to pause and count your blessings. Do you have a roof over your head? Clean drinking water? A family who loves you? That's more than most have. 
Counting your blessings doesn't remove your suffering, but it will remind you that things aren't as bad as they seem. Practicing gratitude is one of the most effective ways to prevent bitterness and depression. I would encourage you to create a gratitude journal that you can revisit when you're feeling low. There are a number of apps on your phone that can help with this. Number eight, get enough rest. After God had created the earth and Adam and Eve, he rested. He took a day off from working. Our society seems to move at lightning speed. We're told to work longer, achieve more and contribute more often. Even on weekends, our schedules are filled with the overflow of tasks. Do the washing, clean the house, shuttle the kids to and from different activities. We've effectively forgotten how to rest. True relaxation is necessary for a healthy mind. If even God was willing to take a break, so should you. Spend some time reading a book, do a puzzle, take a nap or have a massage. Self-care isn't selfish. Rather, it ensures you're not burning yourself out. So take the afternoon and treat yourself. Number nine, Sister Gina mentioned this last week, but it's important enough for me to mention again. Have a checkup with your doctor. Sometimes emotional problems can turn deadly. If you've reached the point where self-harm is being considered, it is absolutely vital you see a doctor right away. There's no shame in speaking to a counsellor or psychologist about your feelings. There's nothing wrong with regularly having your car serviced to ensure it runs right. The last thing I want to do is break down on the freeway. So why wouldn't you consider having a checkup for your mental and emotional health? Counseling provides a safe place for you to talk through your emotions. It's a safe place to unpack some of the false beliefs you're holding on to and ultimately find freedom from them. God loves his children more than we could ever know. And he would never, ever want us to stay in a place where we could actively hurt ourselves. If you're in a dark place, please reach out and ask for help. God put you on this earth for a reason. This world is a better place with you in it. Cultivating emotional well-being is not necessarily easy. It's going to take thought time and effort on your part but the results speak for themselves god wants us to live a fulfilling life he wants us to have balance in life and one of the ways we do that is with good emotional health mm-hmm.